Amen. It gets us ready for worship. Amen. For that praise medley this morning. Amen. I felt you. Amen. Praise God for our, our liturgist this morning. Praise God. And for you today. Amen. Give yourselves a, a round of applause. Praise God for you. Amen. Making your way out to the house of God on this morning. You could have been anywhere doing anything in any place. But you chose to be at Old First Presbyterian Church today. And I am glad that you are here. And you will not be disappointed that you worship at Old First Church today. Amen? I have a word from the Lord for you today. Amen? Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive it? Amen. I have a word for you today. Let me read the scripture. And then we'll go into prayer and write to the message that the Holy Spirit has given me to give you today, the elbow of justice. Anybody in here got an elbow? Yeah. I think we all do, right? We got two of them, right? All right, the elbow of justice. But let me read this powerful, powerful text in, in the gospel according to Luke chapter 18. I'll start with verse 1 and I will stop at verse 8. This is a very familiar parable that Jesus uh, has taught his disciples. But it's, it's always good to hear this over and over and over again because every time you hear it or read it, you get something different, right? So follow along with me on your devices and your Bibles. Let's read the parable of the persistent widow. The parable of the persistent widow. Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So Jesus is talking about prayer, being persistent in prayer. And so he tells them this parable. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he, God, will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the good news, amen? Yes. This is good news. 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the Apostle Luke. Let us say thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks, we give you praise. Lord, we hear what Jesus is saying to us this day in this parable about this widow, the least of those in society who begged and pleaded to an unjust, unrighteous judge for justice. We also hear, God, that this is not a comparison with you. This is, uh, this is an ad, this is a contrast. You are not like that unjust judge. You will grant justice to your chosen ones, to your beloved people, Amen. as we cry out to you day and night. So help us to be encouraged by this word today and to keep on praying, keep on seeking, keep on coming to you and asking you, oh God, because you will show up you will show out. We thank you for it. We praise you for this word in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. And amen. Praise God. The elbow of justice. Have you noticed that all of a sudden elbows are everywhere? Elbows are everywhere. Elbows are like mall Santa Clauses at Christmas time. Everywhere you go, you see one. The status of the elbow has been elevated. This very weird, often neglected body part is receiving new, a new wave of attention. The medical community has made the elbow fashionable. Uh, in the May 6th article uh, called The Weirdest Joint in the Body, Health officials are recommending that people cough <coughs> into your elbow so that we don't spread germs to other people. And many of us now, instead of shaking hands, we, we bump elbows, right? We give each other an elbow bump, right? Or, or we bump fists, right? The elbow is becoming fashionable. This elbow may seem small and insignificant, but without this crucial joint, many of our daily activities would be impossible. Uh, uh, the simplest things that we do hinge upon this uh, action of the elbow. It requires three bones working together, the humerus, the radius, and the ulna, all working together. These three bones in order to us to be able to do our bicep curls, right? When we go to the gym, to be able to lift up our bags or to be able to rotate our hands, we need our elbows. Have you ever bumped your elbow into something hard? Ouch! Yes. Right? Well, just as this elbow is a hinge, this widow in this parable who exercised a stubborn, relentless, and persevering prayer. She used what I call elbow justice. Amen. Like the physical elbow, this widow and all of those like her, justice, real justice, hinges on being persistent. Mm -hmm. Being 
persistent. Can you say persistent? Persistent. So sandwiched between being interrogated by the Pharisees concerning when the kingdom of God would come and the parable of the two men who went up into the temple to pray, one Pharisee and the other a tax collector, we find this remarkable story of justice received. Now admittedly, one could preach this passage from several theological and homiletical interpretations. One could preach from a very conservative homiletic about the need for us to be devout and persistent in prayer. Or I could preach this from a feminist homiletic about how we interpret, reinterpret this male-dominated imagery of this husbandless, weak, and vulnerable widow woman. Or I could preach this from a womanist homiletic, uh, I, I preach this uh, Luke, in Luke's way of, in the book of Luke, Luke always empowered and liberated women, especially women of color. But on the celebration of the life and the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I believe the Holy Spirit would have me to preach this powerful text from the homiletic of liberation. A voice through the teachings of the great emancipator, the great liberator, none other than Jesus Christ. Amen? This nameless widow, they didn't even give her a name. They didn't call her Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Jones. She doesn't even have a name. This nameless widow, this nameless widow represents us. It represents all of those in our society who have been deprived of their rights. Those who've been locked up in prison. Those who have been who have been cast aside from the social and economic uh, growth and who have been treated unjustly. This widow represents all of us in society. They are nameless. They are poor. They are marginalized. They are voiceless. They are the victims who have been forgotten. As we hear this parable again this morning, let's hear it for the first time. I pray that you will be challenged like never before to not use Dr. Martin Luther King Day tomorrow as a day off to sit home, but as a day on to go out into the community and to serve. Amen? Amen. In the name of justice. Now, elbow is not the name of a macaroni, not just the name of a macaroni that we use in mac and cheese. Uh, uh, it is not just that little uh, bowl-shaped pasta that our children use to glue down on their school projects. On the contrary, uh, my beloved elbow is a form of justice. Uh, like much of the physical elbow, without which many of our daily activities would not be possible, real justice, earning a living wage, living free of racism and sexism and ageism, or even having affordable housing so that you don't have to live on the streets of Newark. All of these would be impossible to achieve 
If there weren't people who believed in being persistent, who believed in going back again and again and again before God in prayer, being persistent. As the widow, we must be persistent in going before unjust judges or anyone else who holds the power to affect our lives. We must be persistent in writing letters to our Congress people and our senators. We must show up day after day and week after week, election year after election year, and say, like this tenacious widow woman in Luke 18, grant me justice. This is not the time to get weary in well-doing. Because God has promised that if we will continue, we will reap if we do not faint. Amen? <laughs> Justice hinges is on being persistent. Are there times in your life where you wanted to just give up? Where you wanted to just, where's my towel? Where you wanted to just throw in the towel? Oh. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go that far. Your persistence, your, your desire, you felt like there was no use in speaking up or standing up or, or making signs or marching. But I'm here to tell you, keep on keeping on. Your persistence will pay off. Amen? Amen. Justice hinges on persistence. I really need that back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go that far. <laughs> Justice hinges on persistence. Justice also hinges, like the elbow, on courage. Yeah. Courage. True, the widow in Jesus' day was a vulnerable, poor, overlooked woman. If you were a widow in Jesus' day, you were at the lowest of the lowest of the lowest rung. There was no social security. Uh, there were no, no uh, food stamp programs. If you did not have a husband or a son or a family member to take care of you, you were going to wind up on the street begging if you were a widow in Jesus' day. But this widow, she was none of that. She was not a victim of her circumstances. She possessed an uncanny courage to go in front of a judge not one time, not two times, not three times, not four times, but over and over and over and over to the point where the judge said, my God, I got to get this woman what she wants. She's about to drive me crazy. How many of you know women, we can be very persistent when we want something? All the women said amen. And all the men said, oh, Lord. This woman, she was not to be trifled with, right? The judge admittedly, listen, the judge admitted out of his own mouth. He said, and look, I don't have any respect for God. And I don't care about people. He said it. He said, but, but this woman, this woman, she keeps coming back to me. She, she, she keeps coming and she keeps going before me and she keeps bothering me. Actually, the translation is, 
uh, the judge said, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by her continual coming. Literally, it means so that she won't slap me in my face. That's what it literally means. This widow woman was no pushover. She oozed courage. Amen? Elbows. Like the fight for justice can be dangerous. Elbows can be dangerous. Just like the fight for justice. Most kickboxing competitions forbid the use of the elbows. In college basketball, a player who throws an elbow at another player can be called for a flagrant fight. Referees have also tried to clamp down on flying elbows in hockey and soccer and other sports. That elbow can be dangerous. Have you ever been elbowed by somebody pushing ahead, trying to get to the box office or get on the train or get to the post office or the restroom? Have you ever been elbowed? I have. Just kind of pushed out of the way, you know, elbowed out. It takes courage. It takes courage to stand up. It takes courage. It takes persistence to stand up for what is right. To keep on praying. To keep on asking God when you see nothing happening in the natural. It took courage this weekend for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle to walk away. That takes courage, people. To walk away from centuries, centuries of institutionalized British crown rule and say that we want to live our own lives. And we want to live our lives by our own values and our own beliefs. That takes courage, people. It takes courage. And it took courage for NFL quarterback, whether you agree with him or not, Colin Kaepernick to take a knee during the national anthem in protest of police violence and racism in America. That took courage. You see what happened to him after the fact? And as much as some Americans still want to believe that his protest was about the American flag, it's not about the American flag. Nor is it about the military. It's about justice and righteousness and doing the right thing in America, and treating everybody right in America. Amen? Amen. It takes courage. It takes persistence. It takes elbow justice for black people and brown people and white people to stand up, people of faith, to stand up and to speak up and to speak to the powers that be and say, we are Christians first. We are Christians first. And dehumanizing, divisive language has no place in the schoolhouse, in the church house, or in the White House. Amen? In his book titled Strength to Love, published in 1963, in which the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King explains the essence of of his philosophy of nonviolence. He writes, you must continue to work passionately and vigorously for your God-given constitutional rights. It would be both cowardly and immoral for you to patiently just accept injustice. <laughs> See, it takes courage. 
And, and courage is like a muscle. You know that? Courage is like a muscle. The more you use it, come on, the stronger it gets, right? Having a more just society will take courageous people like you and you and you and you, people of faith, Christians, black, white, brown, whatever color, whatever nationality, to stand up and to say we are Christians first and Jesus Christ calls us to speak up in the face of injustice. It'll cause, it will it, 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 it cause for all of us intergenerational, interfaith, ecumenical, and multicultural, all of us together standing up. And then finally, not only does justice uh, hinge on being persistent like the widow, being courageous like the widow, but justice hinges on the belief that God will not delay long. Amen? I realize that in both of these parables, they're all about prayer. The parable of the widow and the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying in the temple. They're all about prayer and God's vindication. God acts very differently from the unjust judge. God is not like the unjust judge. I am not comparing God to the godless, careless judge. God will uphold and justify and exonerate those who persistently, relentlessly cry out for justice. How long will the Lord delay when we ask God for, for justice? I don't know how long it would be. How long will God delay in answering our prayers? I don't know how long it would be. How long will the Lord delay as we continue to long for and pray and fight for justice? And how many more Katrinas and how many more Puerto Ricos and how many more mass killings of innocent people do they have to be? How long? Not long. God will show up and God will show out. How many more people have to be deported? How many more dreamers have to live with fear? I don't know how long, but I believe God will show up. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, he certainly will. Yes. Dr. King said the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. It bends towards justice. The movement in this parable is from lesser to greater. From the lesser judge to the greater God. You see it? If a cruel, godless, sociopath judge can give way to the relentless pressure of a widow woman, how much more can God, who is loving and compassionate, who loves us, who holds us in the palm of his hand, how much more will God listen to the prayers of his saints? I tell you, God will come like a thief in the night. And God will come and grant justice to God's children who cry out to God. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Don't get depressed. Keep on praying. Keep on calling on God. Keep on reading your scripture. Keep on coming to the house of worship. God will show Finally, Jesus asked this one question. It's a timely question. 
It's a relevant question. As we look around in our churches and the pews are empty, as we, as we look around in society and, 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 and people say they're Christians, but they don't, they say now they say I'm, I'm spiritual but not religious. I don't need to go to church. I don't need the community of faith. As we look around at all the things that are happening, this is a timely question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It takes faith to believe that God hears our prayers and, and, and we keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking in spite of seemingly unanswered prayers, in spite of people who say God is dead, in spite of those who say there is no God, in spite of all of that, it takes faith. We may have prayed for a physical healing for someone that we love and for God to raise them up and they died anyway. We may have be praying for peace, peace, peace in our society. And it seems as if chaos is running free. We, we may be praying for family members or those we love to draw closer to God, to come closer to God. And it seems as if they're going further and further and further away from God. So beloved, it takes faith. It takes faith to continue. It takes faith to say, I may not see it, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he that believeth that he is must have faith. Pray. You know there is no certain way to pray. Just pray. There are people saying, well, you got to pray this way, you got to pray this long, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. If you don't pray every day, you're weak. Don't pay any attention to that. Just pray. I love this poem by, by uh, Sam Walter Foss. It's called The Prayer of Cypress Brown. You ever heard The Prayer of Cypress Brown? Let me read you The Prayer of Cypress Brown. I don't know it by heart, so let me read it to you. The proper way for a man to pray said Deacon Lemuel Keys, and the only proper attitude is down upon his knees. Nay, nay, I should say that the only way to pray, said Reverend Dr. Wise, is standing straight with outstretched arms and wrapped in upturned eyes. Oh, no, 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 said Elder Snow. Such posture is too proud. A man should pray with his eyes fast closed and his head contritely back. It seems to me his hand should be astutely clasped in front with both thumbs pointing up towards the ground, said Reverend Dr. Hunt. Cypress Brown. Well, last year I fell into Hoggins' well. Head first, said Cypress Brown, with both my heels sticking straight up and my head pointing down on the ground. And I made a prayer right then and there. Best prayer I ever prayed. Thank you. The prayingest prayer I ever prayed. Was standing on my head. Right. Don't matter what position you're in. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is keep on praying. 
justice will not be denied. My grandma Lily, my grandma Lily lived all of her life in Brookhaven, Mississippi, down in the country, country woman. Never lived anywhere else. Born and raised, lived all of her life in Brookhaven, Mississippi. It's about 60 miles south of Jackson, Mississippi. In the summertime, my mother, who was born and raised in Brookhaven, but moved up north during the Great Migration, she would send the children down south. This was a common thing to do. You sent your children back down south because you couldn't get a real education up north. You had to go back south. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? So in the summertime, we get on that Greyhound bus, take forever to get there on the Greyhound bus, stopped at every little town on the way, and she sent us down south to be with Grandma Lily for part of the summer so we could get a real education. Mm -hmm. And, and she, my Grandma Lily seemed to have this thing about your feet, your knees, and your elbows. She could not tolerate ashy feet, ashy knees, or ashy elbows. Can I get a witness? So my grandma, Lily, who lived in the country, had a little farm, you know, outside back, a little garden in the farm. My grandma, Lily, would take me into the kitchen in that shotgun house. You all know what a shotgun house is? Open the door, you can see all the way straight through, right? In that little shotgun house in Brookhaven, Mississippi. She'd take me in the kitchen and sit me down in the chair right near the stove. Then she'd reach up on the back of the stove and get that can of bacon drippings. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about. Get that can of bacon drippings. And she would proceed to wipe down my feet, my knees, and my elbows with bacon drippings. Grease. Come on now. Don't y'all laugh. Some of y'all been, been greased down too. Some of you been greased down. That's the best grease, she said. I would leave that kitchen Shining like a new moon. <laughs> and smelling like bacon. <laughs> and all the neighborhood dogs would follow me around trying to lick me or bite me because they smell bacon, bacon, bacon. My grandma did not believe in ashy feet, ashy knees, or ashy elbows. She said, you got to use those joints. You gotta keep them lubricated. Right. Gotta keep them from being ashy and looking warm. So don't you take your elbows for granted anymore. Amen? Amen. And don't you take injustice in stride anymore. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, Amen. says Dr. Martin Luther King. Every time you wanna scratch your back, every time you wanna swing a baseball bat, Every time you comb your hair or brush your hair, brush your teeth or lift a fork to eat, every time you bump elbows with another person, remember the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his call for justice. Cry loud, spare not, lift up your voices like a trumpet for the cause of the poor, the victimized, and the voiceless. The elbows were designed 
to keep people away from us, I think. Yes. Give me some elbow room. You ever heard of that? Yes. Just get you get too close to me. Give me some elbow room. Yes. I think the elbows might have been designed to keep us apart, keep yes. us away from each other. But now the elbows are bringing us together, right? We have elbow bump. Yeah. Amen. Let's clap elbows. Shut up. You said you my, you my, you my, you my prompt. Now the elbows bring us together. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We grab elbows with our brothers and sisters as we stand up together for the cause of injustice. Yeah. These elbows, which were designed to keep us apart, maybe bring us together. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 So every time you use your elbow. You think about the words of Dr. King. All over the United States of America and the world, the fight for justice is bringing people together. Mm -hmm. Justice work is hard work. It's vigorous, scrubbing and cleaning out unrighteousness and dishonesty and inequity. It takes elbow grease. So put your elbow into it. Put your elbow into it. And tomorrow, as we celebrate the, the legacy of the, the, the late and great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and you dress tomorrow, don't forget about the elbow of justice. And remember that it's not a day off. It's a day on. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you. God keep you.